0: Valley, hooey, Hollywood. Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I'm your host, Michelle, the adult man who loves his bath time.
1: <laughs> and I'm Henry, the Woody Allen-ass old British lady, uh, who they they really set you up to like, and then, oh boy. Hee uh, hee.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, oh Okay. Boy. Welcome so, to Cuba Gooding Jr. Week. Cuba Gooding Jr., who I would say is an actor who can be very yes. good, very good some of the time, and very not good a lot of the time because of his choices.
1: Yeah, he's he's a consistently good actor. Yeah,
0: baseline good actor, and yet
1: yeah, but but his his movie choices are so all over the place. Uh, that he's like, he occupies kind of a cagey space. His performances aren't as crazy.
0: Yeah, he's more subdued, but he does put himself in situations where he is in the movie Boat Trip, which got 7% on Rotten Tomatoes and might have been uh, a more understandable watch. Like, I could have wrapped my head around that one a lot easier than what we just put ourselves through. Like, the Norbits, like, stupid Eddie Murphy joints. Like, shit like that kind of seems to be... Um, what he does in between, like, every, like, eight years or so, he puts out a banger, but right, it's not right. often. So he won. It's... Yeah.
1: He won for Jerry Maguire. Yes, he did. Uh, he's been good in some other stuff. He's great in, uh, American Crime Story.
0: He was in Boys in the Hood. Uh, he was, like, that was kind of right. the first one. He was great in that. He was in, like, uh, what was that movie? Radio? I didn't see it, but, like, that was more kind of, like, a D- yeah. disney E drama, I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He's in some stuff. He was in. He's in Pearl Harbor. Ay. He sure is in Pearl
1: Harbor. He's like uh, arguably one of the better parts, I guess. Yeah,
0: Trey Parker and Matt Stone said it. That's right.
1: <laughs> uh, so Michelle, do you want to know some things about Cuba Gooding Jr.?
0: Yeah, tell me about him. As a yeah, man. so
1: he he has uh, he has two trademarks.
0: This is based all according on the Internet Movie to, Database. Uh, yeah, the Internet Movie Database has some factoids. Yes, hit me. Yes.
1: Uh, He often plays serious and soft-spoken characters, Hmm? and he has a soft and creaky voice. Creaky? Creaky. Creaky like a haunted
0: house?
1: uh, Yeah, like a a poorly oiled door frame, uh, which is how I think of him. Uh,
0: Uh, Yeah, like he occupies like an Urkel space. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) And and kind of his movie choices oscillate between Steve Urkel and Stefan Urkel. Like Uh that is... uh, So... Some of these are funny. Some of these are actually just very interesting. Uh, he was a break dancer by trade
0: uh,
1: for a long time. He, cool. He break danced in the 1984 closing ceremonies of the Olympic Games in Los Angeles.
0: No. Before. Yes. All right. He was breaking at the Olympics before the Olympics had breakdancing. I like this. That's,
1: that's right. That's... He was also a backup dancer for Paula Abdul.
0: No way. Are you serious?
1: I am I am dead That's serious. I'm reading this cool. off the internet movie database, which has <laughs> never lied to me. I love
0: that. Uh,
1: he enjoys vacations in Hawaii with his family and goes there often.
0: That comes right hot on the heels of his mm-hmm. Feet. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like that there's no rhyme or reason or hierarchy to the facts that they'll list on IMDb. All right. No. Uh,
1: he was born in the Bronx but raised in Los Angeles. His parents once managed the Apollo Theater in New York. Those are all the same factoid.
0: <laughs> that is cool. Uh,
1: he was a non-celebrity contestant on the all-new dating game in 1986,
0: and he lost. Okay. Before uh, breakdancing, I suppose.
1: Yeah. He also... So he has a mini bio on the Internet Movie Database. Uh, his father... I'm going to tell you a couple more facts, and then I'm going to read some parts of the bio and then say a thing about the bio. Not everybody gets uh, a
0: bio, right? Like, this seems to be hit and miss. Yeah, I, th-
1: I think... Well, sometimes the bios are more worth reading than others. Gotcha. Okay. Uh His dad was the lead vocalist for the R&B group, The Main Ingredient, which the song Everybody Plays a Fool is theirs. Okay. Which is like, that's, you know, there's no exception to the rule. Uh, He, all right, so I'm going to read you a paragraph uh, from here. Uh, Following high school, Cuba studied Japanese martial arts for three years before turning his focus toward acting. Uh, I'm going to stop for a second there. So was he planning on doing Japanese martial arts professionally? Like, that? it's a weird...
0: That is interesting, because it's not normally something that someone would shift their attention to a career path after doing, I am assuming, a recreational martial arts. I guess it's a way of life.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's interesting is also this bio does not include anything about breakdancing, which appears to have been his career. Up until he became an actor. (laughs) It's just like, whoever wrote this bio decided that that chapter of his life was not worth consideration.
0: Or it was just Uh, so obvious that as a part of his career and who he is as a guy.
1: Yeah, and we'll come back to who wrote this bio. So let's, uh, I'm going to read the last two paragraphs of this bio. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1996, Cuba was cast as an arrogant but loyal football player in the Tom Cruise Cameron Crowe movie Jerry Maguire. Uh The film became a huge box office smash and earned Cuba an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. His, quote-unquote, show-me-the-money line in the movie became a nationwide catchphrase. The role elevated him to superstar status as one of Hollywood's top producers began to, quote-unquote, show him the money (laughs) to appear in films. Since Jerry Maguire, 1996, Cuba has managed to keep busy with a wide range of roles alongside Hollywood's biggest stars, most recently, he won critical support for his portrayal of a mentally handicapped man in the heartwarming film Radio, another movie about football. <laughs> in 2002, he was given a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. IMDb mini biography by Ice Cuba let's click on ice cuba and see and see if so what what bios is ice cuba written oh there's one there's one here it's for cuba Gooding jr no
0: no oh my god oh no (laughs) we just got a snapshot of what happens when you're a little bit famous (laughs) and you really try to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your own narrative You just uncovered the best thing in the world, Henry. (laughs) Uh, That's incredible.
1: It's pretty fun.
0: I'm henceforth going to refer to him only as Ice Cuba.
1: As Ice Cuba. Uh, And, you know, in this movie, he sort of is icy. He's sort of Ice Cuban.
0: He is. Uh, That's amazing. That's the mm-hmm. best thing in the entire
1: world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's got a real like his. It's it all sounds like something that they wrote for him on like Entertainment Tonight, introducing like a rising star, and he just copy pasted yes. it's like right into his bio to really cement in time that section. Yeah, cause, I, I mean, because that's it, there forever, but it's not 2002 anymore.
1: Right, it does.
0: No one's uh, It does leave out a
1: lot of his career. Because he's, like, been busy, you know? Keeping I wonder busy. if I were to go to his career, is there a little bit of a gap between 2003 and... Uh...
0: <laughs> it feels like yeah. he's the kind of guy who is consistently working, but a lot of his movies got really shitty after, like, 2005.
1: Right. Snow Dogs, etc.
0: Yeah. Boat Trip Snow Dogs. Yada, yada, yada. This movie, <laughs> for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know honestly, looking at that, uh, it's it was a it was a rough go for a minute there for for Mister Gooding Jr. Did the Oscar uh,
0: curse him or what?
1: It it might have yeah it's it wasn't
0: he has like it
1: wasn't great. Well, what he's been what trying to make he was in a couple so like right around Jerry Maguire. Yep, there was a bunch of good stuff in right? the '90s. And, it zone, gets,
0: but then the odds happened. happened
1: exactly because uh, you get. Pearl Harbor, Rat Race, Zoolander, Snow Dogs, Boat Trip, The Fighting Temptations, Radio, which I guess is fine. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of voice work. Shadow Boxer, the movie that we Yee-hee. watched this week. Uh, Dirty, never heard of it. Endgame, never heard of it. Norbit, heard of it.
0: Yeah. What
1: Love Is, never heard of it. Daddy Day Camp. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Good stuff. And American Gangster, that's a real movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, it's, it's still pretty rough
0: yeah, until it seems- you... Like once yeah, yeah, not even like a little less than once a decade he gets to be in something that gets like some serious attention, like American gangster, and then back to mm-hmm. being a bit of a boat trip boy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not a great time for old uh old. He Cuba. needs a
0: better agent. He won a fucking Oscar, man. This is not this this can't yeah. all be his fault. It's not like he's shitty in all of these things. He's just he's just got some real questionable taste. Um,
1: speaking of, he did read the script for uh, Shadowboxer and decided to be in it, alongside yeah. a number of other good actors.
0: Uh, <sighs> this so movie, this fucking movie... This movie, I will say, um, is, in my opinion, the worst movie we've watched so far. Yes. And I had to think about it, because like, I've thought that a lot. And I, I truly believe this is the worst one, and... It has like more potential to be not shitty than almost any other one. Lee Daniels who directed or er, directed this movie and co-produced it. I mean he's an Oscar winning producer. He won an Oscar for Monster's Ball. He also produced Precious, The Woodsman. Mm-hmm. He
1: directed he directed The Butler, which is uh-huh. an Oscar nominated movie.
0: The United and States vs. Busy Holiday super recently. Like he has if you look at his, his rap sheet, it's almost only good things, or at least things that had a lot of merit. And then there's this, and I assumed it was because this was shoved like way in the back of a drawer as like first project, and that's why it's so bad. But he won the Oscar, and then four years later made this thing that we're about to talk about, which is mm-hmm. the worst mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. most baffling thing. Before we get into it, one thing I will say, and what sold me on it right away, is that when you look at it on Rotten Tomatoes, what people have to say are, like, this bizarre thriller might leave you with your mouth hanging open in disbelief. Yes. Fucking yes. (laughs) Also, uh, Ebert and Roper, one thing I'll say about Shadowboxer is that it's never boring. Of course I'd say that about walking on crushed glass. Also, that's it. That's an affirmative. It's almost too good slash bad to be true. Agreed. There's just so many things to talk about that I don't know it's, where to begin.
1: <laughs> it's a troubling movie. It has... Yeah, you're right. This this officially replaces Highway mm-hmm. as the most objectionable, skin-crawly thing that we've watched. Like, yeah. Michelle... Yeah. I want to take a shower in battery acid. I did it. Like,
0: you guys, I, I did I wa- it.
1: I want to bathe in lie after watching this movie. <sighs> uh, this... Yeah, I mean, a cheese grater on my skin is feeling great, right? I just, I need to get this movie off of me.
0: Oh, man, uh, what a watch. This movie is also stacked. Helen Mirren is in it. Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr., of course. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it. And then we've got, like, oh, Stephen Dorff, the Dorfster. Monique. Monique Macy and Macy Gray. Gray are also both in this movie. That's mm-hmm. uh, all that's coming to mind at the moment. But, man, like, it's... Um, this is the greatest
1: hits. It's a, it's uh, it was a, also, it was written by the same guy that wrote Monsters Ball.
0: What an asshole. Are you kidding me? I didn't, how did I miss that?
1: Yeah, no, it's, he didn't write very many movies. Ugh. He wrote this, and he wrote Monsters Ball.
0: He abused every ounce of trust that, like, the movie, that the film industry had in him. Lee Daniels yeah. and him, it must have had some kind of a, a deep connection and just,
1: like a murder suicide pack?
0: Fucking I guess, cause like the most dog shit part of this movie is in fact the script. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I had to look at with my human eyeballs, and those made me rip mm-hmm. all those things that made my eyes very sad and my heart sad too. But like the script really walks the line between being um like kind of, like, copy-pasted Tough Guy stuff from other movies, and then just batshit nonsense, like, the room-level nonsense.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, like, I wouldn't describe it as amateurish, right? Like, the movie executes what it came to do. The thing is that what it came to do is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I okay, so I split this movie. I never do this, I always watch it in one go, but today it's, it's Memorial Day, and I wanted to take a little adventure to the river. I watched this movie in the morning, ran out of time, decided to go enjoy my day. Oh, could not have been a better call, by the way. Like, I cannot even imagine, can I can't conceive of a day where I finish watching this movie and then skip off to the river to enjoy sunshine and friendship um but like i accidentally split it down the middle in the best fucking point because up until where i was watching it i was only like smiling and laughing along and writing down quotes Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. making sure to like go back and like pay attention to the parts that were super ridiculous and then like as i'm Getting home, getting ready to watch the second half, I get a text from Henry that this is just, like, the worst thing he's seen since Highway, and I was genuinely baffled, and I am no longer baffled by that statement, because I... This
1: this movie includes the worst thing I've ever seen on screen.
0: Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) At least in a, like, professional movie context, bar none... The worst thing I've ever seen on screen.
0: Yeah, it made me want Uh, to have a heart attack. Like, want to have a heart attack. Um,
1: It's so troubling. It's so troubling.
0: It's also... Okay, so so it starts out... I will say the aesthetic of this movie is attempting to be artsy, but achieves the aesthetic of looks like it was made on an iMac in 1999. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Everything is oversaturated, super high exposure, blown out. like Sort of like a Gaussian blur around a lot of sequences that lead you to believe that maybe they are flashbacks, but they are not, in fact, flashbacks. And then a lot of flashbacks. Right. And a lot of flashbacks. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it, it mixes and matches flashbacks a lot. It, it leans into the weirdest transitions, too. Like, yeah. You get a super weird transition early. The first thing you get on screen... Is it black screen with a guy saying, I'm busting my ass, killing motherfuckers for a living, and I come mm. home to this shit. And then you're, it's like a domestic violence scene. Then you see who we later learn is young Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Uh, there's like an interaction with them. Then it like zooms in on his face in a circle. And then like transitions, <laughs> fades, like crossfades from this little boy's framed face into a montage of like, bucolic country imagery. And like falling leaves.
0: Oh my God. And it's like it's weird... like um it's it's like a slideshow of like a kind of Parthenon like or or like a like a little C- <laughs> little Caesars. Like a Caesar's little, Caesar. pa- <laughs> little Caesars vibe. Like a Caesar's palace vibe. You know, like pizza pizza. <laughs> you know, like a pizza pizza vibe. But a little bit of a pizza pizza vibe though, because it has this like uh cheesy godfather music in the background that make you think you might be watching, like, a mafia movie. There's a heavy Italian vibe right at the jump mm-hmm. and a lot of, like, mm-hmm. buildings with white columns and then, like, just kind of cross-fading over each other. It's sort of like a, a slideshow of a trip to Sicily kind of <laughs> adventure <laughs> and then just the movie starts happening. And I, I'm just going to let you guys all know, it's not like a mafia movie. It has some... No. Mob leanings, I guess. Maybe. Bat, sort of? Like, unestablished. Maybe? maybe? Maybe the guy that's a shithead, the, the Stephen Dorfman, might be that type of gangster. But literally never never specified, except that you just get a lot of, like, uh, I mean, like, there's just accordion, where there shouldn't be accordion, mm-hmm. playing throughout this movie. So much. I
1: mean, you, you basically never learn anything about any of the characters in this movie, except for, like, one thing that is... Deeply unsettling. Yeah. Uh, The, I was feeling like the intro is more like a BBC mystery opening sequence. Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, sort of like stilettos walking up stairs for no reason. Uh, a lot of, like, yeah, dark and stormy imagery, but, like, produced on a heroin binge. Like, just really slow, drawn out, unhappy.
0: Yeah. Uh, that combined with, like, a, a travel feature about places to go in the yes, old country. absolutely. <laughs> it's absolutely. like those two absolutely. things. Where did this movie take place? It was supposed to be New <sighs> York, but, right? Who
1: fucking knows? It doesn't look I, like I, it's it?
0: anywhere. But at one point, Helen Mirren says that she'd like to go to Coney Island, and I was like, oh, yeah, hang I guess on, they are, New York are they thing. supposed to be in New York this whole time? I could not figure it out. Maybe they're in New yeah. Jersey somewhere.
1: There's a lot of establishing shots of, like, anonymous cities. Uh, yeah. You, this movie introduces you to the how batshit crazy the dialogue and action is going to be really early.
0: Oh, so fast. What was your so,
1: favorite scene? This is my favorite I mean, scene
0: in the entire movie coming up that I think you're about to mention.
1: I So... Helen Mirren is sitting at home, uh, just like painting her toenails, listening to uh the History Channel. Yeah. And uh, which on its own is just a fun way to start just a movie. Watching a World and... War
0: II documentary.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like fucking Tony Soprano. Uh-huh. And uh, you get a little bit of Cuba Gooding Jr. shadow boxing. He is shadow boxing the whole movie. He is the titular shadow boxer. Yeah. Uh, and he comes home and uh there's some brief dialogue, and then Helen Mirren and Cuba Gooding Jr. say the following things. Hmm. Helen Mirren, I feel embarrassed. I've been thinking about God.
0: Wait, how about I play? You play one role. I'll play the other one. Because <laughs> I Great. wrote. It, okay. You... Go ahead. Uh, yeah.
1: Do you do you want to be do you want to be Helen then, or do you want? I want you be Cuba? to be Helen.
0: I want you to be Helen. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> I feel embarrassed. I've been thinking about God. That's because you're dying, Rosie.
1: I feel like I'm being punished.
0: It's just cancer, Rose. It's just cancer. Pause. Can you give me a bath?
1: (laughs) Cut to Helen Mirren's sponge bathing, Cuba Gooding Jr.
0: And then she gives him a long bath for 30 seconds, and then it's just off to the next scene. And I can't even tell you how pleased I was to be watching a movie that I checked seven minutes in has already said the fall, like said, it's just cancer Rose. It's just cancer. And then can you give me a bath? And then she does. And she's like wringing out a sponge over his head. Like she's bathing a little baby.
1: Because in many ways she is. It's great. And then you immediately cut from that scene to this dude who looks like Pete Davidson, strapped to a pool table with an eight ball it in his mouth. Yeah. And Stephen Dorff sodomizes him with a broken pool cue. Hell yeah. And those are our first two scenes in the movie which really set up how this movie is going to make you feel. Which is gross- all the time
0: confused and And gross Gross different ways they really just drop you right in as if you should already know a lot of stuff about these two characters i mean i knew it was a bad sign when helen mirren is taking a bunch of cancer pills as well as just downing those with a bottle of wild turkey Mm -hmm. like no one who's ever set their eyes on helen mirren is like that's a woman who's tasted wild turkey (laughs) (laughs) come on (laughs) she's a dame it's great um Yeah, so you get to watch two Oscar-winning actors take a bath to classical music, and then a guy gets bound and gagged on a pool table and sodomized. Um, Mm -hmm. We learn in
1: this that Stephen Dorff's wife maybe has been sleeping with the the guy who gets sodomized by a pool cue.
0: This movie does Uh, a really cool thing right away that I loved, which is um, utilizing mm -hmm. a flashback to a moment that we were not there to see. (laughs) <laughs> like, there's, like, Steven Dorf who's interrogating this random guy that you never see again, and accusing him of sleeping with his girlfriend, and he, or wife, I guess, and he was like, you told her that I wouldn't give her the dick, and then there's this flashback that's, like, pretty much in black and white, and all it is is a close-up of this random guy just looking <laughs> off camera saying... He won't give him he the, the dick. That's the problem. And then back to the scene that we're in, and it's so wonderful.
1: It's so wonderful. And then we immediately cut from that scene <laughs> to Steven Dorf. Well, first you get an establishing shot of a zebra in the front lawn of Steven Dorf's house. Uh-huh. You don't. You know Steven Dorf's a bad guy because he has like a lot of henchmen, and he sodomizes people with a broken pool cue. You don't know what he does ever. Yeah. Never establish a movie. Yeah. And he's, he's talking to his wife, who, like, is unhappy. Mm-hmm. And then he says to her, I think you need a little dicky.
0: Ugh. Yeah, he does.
1: And then she says, you disgust me. <laughs> then takes out her gum. So much gum, and, by the way. Like <laughs> So much gum. And prepares for a little dicky. And then they just have sex in a really unhappy, unpleasant oh, the por- way. and The
0: porniest. Like, <laughs> so this porny. movie is like two directors were having an argument and one was like we are making a <laughs> pornographic feature and the other one was like no you don't and then like every <laughs> once in a while one of them got kind of like weak in their assertions and they just go oh i'm going to give in but just just for a couple minutes though and then for those couple minutes it is a lot it's, like, close-ups yes. on, like, groaning, moaning, wide-open mouths, and, like, sweaty butt, bo- like, the wet sounds, the wettest sounds. I don't need to talk about it yeah, anymore, it's but real sex it's noises. really visceral, and it's unflattering. I feel so bad for the people in this movie. Not that bad for Steven Dorff, I guess.
1: No, I, I mean, I, in some ways, I feel the worst for Steven Dorff uh Ugh. there's
0: we saw we so saw we'll, his little dicky in this movie like that happens we do
1: we do not only oh god i was waiting until we got there to talk about it <laughs> but we can talk about it now you do you get a scene where steven dorf is like having sex with a stripper uh and he, pull, he pulls yeah. out of having sex with a stripper and you just see his penis with a condom on. A full, full
0: uh, frontal condomed penis out.
1: And I'm going to read a piece of trivia from the Internet Movie Database. Oh no, I'm so afraid. About this scene. I'm so afraid. You're not going to like it. I don't like it. But everybody has to know it because I know it. Yeah. And I have to get out yeah, of I it. Yeah, I
0: know. you got to exercise this demon.
1: For the scene where Clayton Mayfield, Stephen Dorff, has sex with a stripper. At the end, Dorff did full frontal nudity. Producer and director, Lee Daniels, shot the moment with several stages of erection, knowing the MPAA would veto the fully erect shot, and like that, getting away with the one he really wanted, the semi-erect shot. (laughs) 14 of 14 found this interesting.
0: Oh my god! No! How committed are you to seeing the Stephen Dorff's condomed dick that you make 19 different versions of it?
1: It's just... Absolutely unacceptable, that is Michelle. psychotic. How is this allowed? That is psychotic How is anybody behavior. allowed to make this movie?
0: Oh, my God. Okay, I... Sh- so, <laughs> right before... This isn't, like, important to the plot, but it's important to my soul to get this out. Right before he has yucky sex and she says, show, show him, like, I, you need the little dicky, um, he is sitting at a desk and talking to his henchmen... And they just hand him what appears to be a full glass of milk and he drinks it while they talk to him. And that's not addressed <laughs> ever, but I feel like that's the biggest and most telling character detail. And also just like a little window into who Lee Daniels might be as a man. Like, we're going to oh. see his dick more than once and that man drinks a lot of milk in front of other men.
1: We, the, the like, art direction in this movie is absolutely bananas there are a couple of sets that we need to talk about i think we should talk about them when we get there okay but the, yeah the, some of the decisions so we learned that steven dorf has uh has hired helen mirren and cuba gooding jr who at this point you really only understand as like a, a romantic a couple. couple yeah you know and and a, a june september relationship but a couple yes uh and so he's hired them to kill uh, Stephen Dorff's wife, who I will for the rest of this time uh, refer to as Dorff Dorf wife, wife. Because, yeah, I, she's not a famous person. No. It's, I'm, she's a fine in this movie. Uh, but you don't need to know her name. She's Dorff Wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see her talking to Macy Gray, who asks why she's calling, uh, which is to say that the script at this moment implies that Dorff Wife has called Macy Gray. They have a brief conversation that goes nowhere. Uh, where you kind of imply that Macy Gray uh, believes uh, that Stephen Dorff is evil. And then Dorff Wife says, thanks for checking in. As though the friend called her. Which is to say, like, within 30 seconds of itself, this movie has forgotten what it's doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you called me.
1: <laughs> you called me. Uh, Macy Gray, but in this movie, by the way, I, like... I can't tell if she's, if this character is like acceptable or not. Because it's a, it's like a minstrel show stereotype of a black woman. Now, Lee Daniels, the director and producer, is a black man. Yeah. The writer is a white man.
0: Yeah.
1: It's played by Macy Gray, who I think of as like a person who has standards. So like maybe this is just me not knowing part of it. But like it comes across as like.
0: Oh. Pretty racist. Right? I agree. I think I think her and Monique's character are both pretty racist. And like, unless they let them put a little of their own sauce on it and be like, "Here, improv some shit and get crazy with it," which I kind of feel like they didn't. Also, yeah. <laughs> I just want to put it out there: as far as highlights in this movie go, one of my favorite things is what Macy Gray loves to do in her spare time. It's only one thing and that one thing is going to a bar called the Snooty Fox on Ladies Night. <laughs>
1: on Ladies Night.
0: Macy Gray going to Ladies Night is the best mm-hmm. thing and we mm-hmm. can get into that scene in a little bit because we Ooh, do there's so I, many good things about that it's scene. It's my favorite part of this entire movie. I thought the bath was my favorite part, but it turns out that Ladies Night at the Snooty Fox is the best thing on earth. Um, but, but I guess before we get into that, we could just, the plot's not complicated. It's just really stupid. We could summarize it kind of in a couple sentences, I guess, at least the beginning part. Uh, but yeah, Cuba Gunning Jr., Helen Mirren, assassins, paid to assassinate Dorfwife. They go to do it. She's nine months pregnant. Her water breaks, like, right as Helen Mirren's about to shoot her in the head. And- Helen
1: Mirren, a-, a trained assassin, knows how to deliver a baby instinctively
0: okay but like that birth happened in like 45 seconds
1: immediately <laughs> in the world of the uh, movie
0: the baby came out like about a hot minute after she her her uh, water broke and Helen Mirren's main strategy is to um lay this woman down on her side on the bed and shove ice cubes into her mouth mm-hmm. and then just crouch <laughs> down by her lady parts and say push push okay push 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 <laughs> Push and then eventually the baby is there. So, mm-hmm. anyone looking for some hot tips on midwifing, I would reference this movie.
1: And then they steal the baby away after so after uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. has murdered four of Stephen Dorff's bodyguards, yes. who I think Stephen Dorff like intentionally has murdered as part of the thing because so, like he sets up this kind of thing. Like,
0: oh, yeah, he sets up he... the, uh, the murder. <laughs> But he also stages so just, a poker night with a bunch of his people there. So yeah, that's a plot hole that yeah, makes no just sense. Like
1: <laughs> murdering three or four of his own bodyguards yeah. just for like kicks to cover his tracks, which he doesn't care about doing. No. Uh, so then we uh, flash forward like, oh, like they take uh, dwarf wife and dwarf baby away and take mm-hmm. them to a cheap motel and. Uh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. calls a doctor.
0: <laughs> he calls doc- he calls a person, and it took me a while to realize <laughs> that this person was in fact a doctor. <laughs>
1: right. He calls him Doctor Don. Yeah. Uh, and Doctor Don arrives, and and Doctor uh, Don, Doctor Don, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, circa two thousand five. So, so like baby like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's
0: like twenty.
1: Yeah. He also. I have a question for you, Michelle. He is. Is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, at the beginning of this movie, a person with a Latin accent?
0: Oh, I don't know. Did he have a Latin accent at the beginning of this movie?
1: I, I think at the beginning of this movie, he has what sounds like a, like Italian or Spanish or like Latin American accent. And that's that's gone oh, by later scenes. And because God, you didn't I gotta, notice it, like, maybe I, maybe I just invented that. it. Uh, but...
0: It's like baby, yes. tiny, little, tiny, sweet baby, tiny boy. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is apparently the doctor, and they don't explain really what's happening. But he shows up with Monique, um, mm-hmm. and then is gonna go, I guess, do some uh, like a checkup or some a consultation with Dorfwife. But before he does that, he, I think, he puts like a little baggie in Monique's bra. It's a little
1: vial of cocaine.
0: Yeah, okay, cuz she's she's an addict, but like but that part and then he just squeezes her boobie and then he disappears into the hotel room for some amount of time.
1: I mean, not only that, right? Like he he walks into the hotel room with this baby. This physician walks into the hotel room with a baby, smoking a cigarette, sees the baby, Puts the cigarette out next...
0: Right next to the baby. To the baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he
1: leaves... There's a thing I really like that happens. So he leaves uh, Monique and Cuba Gooding Jr. standing on the sidewalk. It is dark out. It is pitch black. Yeah. Uh, he he goes in for yeah an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, he comes out. And Cuba Gooding Jr. and Monique are in the exact... Same place on the sidewalk But it is now light outside So they have been standing in stasis For like four hours He makes reference to surgery They've had surgery in there While Monique and Cuba Gooding Jr. have just been standing there Unmoving Like fucking silent sentinels Uh,
0: Yeah, and there's no indication that they've been even making small talk It's kind of silent when they cut back mm -hmm, to them mm -hmm. And I just thought about that too Like what on earth did those two humans do for this entire time
1: it's and the scene only gets wilder from there
0: (laughs) yeah monique's character is a trip i mean it, it like everything in this movie it gets bad later and and it's it's really shitty but at first she was my favorite character because she's just like a thirty like eight year old woman <laughs> hanging out with like an eighteen year old doctor who letting him squeeze on her boobies and then immediately following this like appointment she's like I need you to get me a drink like like oh you want me like later he's like Do you, should I circumcise the baby she's like nobody wants me you touching that baby dick like okay she's just there to be at appointments with him all his appointments, and then mm-hmm. just talk shit.
1: <laughs> Michelle, you're glossing over the best part of that scene. So cute. So, JGL comes out. Monique yeah. says, like you said, get me a drink. He kisses Monique for a while. He steps yeah. back from the kiss, and Helen Mirren walks up and wipes his bottom lip with her thumb oh, yeah. for like five <laughs> seconds and then kisses him herself. <laughs> And then JTL <laughs> backs up, and they he and Monique walk to the car together and drive away as though that whole event did not occur.
0: <laughs> oh man, it's the little things about this movie that mm-hmm. really make it shine. Like, I just started trying to write down like when a quote popped out at me. Um, there's like a random moment where uh, I think it's it's Dorfwife asks. Koopa Gooding Jr., how are you? And he just says, very. It's shit like that. (laughs) It's like, you you blink and you miss it, but it is definitely in the script. And I had closed captioning on, and closed captioning tried to be generous and say very well, so I went back and listened to it like four times in a row, and the word well was definitely not present. And it's just, you know, it's important to take stock of those small moments where either a decision was made or not made, but... (laughs) This movie's fun at first. The
1: first half of this movie is basically Helen Mirren has taken in Dwarf Wife and Dwarf Baby, and Cuba Gooding Jr. doesn't like it. And, like, that's the whole plot. So, like, you get a lot of that. Like, you get a shot of him assembling a crib while Helen Mirren watches the baby and does nothing. And then we zoom in on Cuba Gooding Jr. looking annoyed, (laughs) assembling the crib, which, frankly, Cuba, I'm, I'm on your team right it. now. Yeah, man. And he, like He doesn't like the baby. And uh, he, they're sleeping together, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Helen Mirren. And Helen um, Mirren makes how him... are
0: How are they sleeping together?
1: Okay, well...
0: Describe it. It's
1: Sort of in a T. So he's lying uh, fucking at the top of the... Long way at the top of the bed. Like He would be sort of sticking out of it. And she is naked, face down.
0: So Helen Mirren is laying in the bed like a human being and under the covers with her clothes off. And Keeba Jr. is curled up at the foot of the bed over the covers with a mm-hmm. lot of his clothing on like a doggy boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... You, trying to understand their relationship is hard and it only gets harder through oh, the course of the movie. It gets... Uh, yeah. So she she makes him get up to change the baby... Mm-hmm. And he gets up, the baby's crying. <laughs> God. He says to the baby, I know how you feel, fucker. And then the baby's like this is the closest I have seen a movie camera get to a baby's genitals ever.
0: Ever, uh, ever.
1: It's like it's just a baby's dick and balls, like for a lot of the scene.
0: Yeah. And, it's like um then, <laughs> like a ba- yeah, like a really unfortunate angle that makes everybody feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, and then him
0: just showering the just baby, covering in a the full baby, mountain baby of baby powder.
1: Yeah, like like making him into a mime. Like the baby's just what is that? How baby powder is done? Like I don't have an infant child. Like is that is that what? You, like, is that how you baby?
0: I like that it's like an example. I think they're trying to show like this man doesn't know how to baby, but it borders on like okay. First of all, the camera angle is not chill. Like it's not troubling. a chill move. It's, it's like. Yeah, it's like a perineum-based angle that's just mm-hmm. not okay. Mm-hmm. No one wants to look not good. Already, that's bad. And then he yeah, he just empties a bottle of baby powder onto this kid in an act that seems spiteful.
1: Yeah, very <laughs> very aggressive with this baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then you get Helen Mirren talking with uh, Dorfwife. Yeah. And Helen Mirren says, you can't trust any man but your son. Mm-hmm. And Dorfwife says, oh, is Cuba Gooding Jr. your son, Helen yes. Mirren? And Helen Mirren says, no, but I dated his dad and I've been raising him since he was seven.
0: Oh my god. I got so confused because what I heard at first was I used to be Mikey's father. He died when Mikey was 7. <laughs> and I was like, this is not a trans character and she's not yeah. like occupying a father role. So I definitely had to go back but like I wish that had been what she said.
1: I would prefer it although I, it's <laughs> it would be slightly worse than what this movie is. Like Yeah, it would still be uh, it would be
0: worse. It's but like it's
1: already very bad. So you they're they are they have a sexual relationship
0: definitely and you get that
1: a lot more later in the movie but yeah. like she's sleeping naked with him she's giving him sponge baths there's adults, mouth kisses here and there there's mouth it's kissing clear that they're and a couple like, she's she you she has raised him since he was seven this is yep. like a Woody Allen Sunyi Previn thing yep and like manages to be worse somehow oh, which is Nancy's, like the boundaries of possibility
0: yep and um (laughs) and so that scene happens and Mm -hmm. then and then the following scene is my favorite scene where we get to go see what i have to imagine is the snooty fox because that's macy gray's macy gray's been talking up the snooty fox ladies night this entire movie and we finally get to see the snooty fox on ladies night which appears to be like a classy hotel bar with no one mm-hmm. else in it, except no one Mo- in it except Macy Gray talking with this, to like, a-
1: really ornate wallpaper. Like the the bar feels like a haunted mansion, uh, uh-huh. but also a hotel yeah. bar, absolutely. And yeah, please. I, there are so many things <laughs> I want to talk about this here. There's so so I, I don't want to talk over you. There's
0: so much stuff, but mainly it's her having like a sort of like a little, little back and forth with this, the bartender is like a scary little guy. Oh, I want to talk about the bartenders.
1: Who's got a messy gray wig. Let me, let me, let me talk about it. So.
0: Yes, go, go on.
1: So Macy Gray has different hair than you saw earlier. Yeah, yeah. And we, she's got like an auburn hair now. Uh And the camera is just on her. Yeah. And a character off screen says (laughs) Nisha, her name is Nisha. I like your new hair and she says thank you and then we cut to the character who says this <laughs> yeah who is a white male bartender with the worst hair that has ever been put on camera in a motion picture. It looks like he's wearing a powdered wig that somebody found in the river, wrung out, and threw on his head. He looks like he got a haircut from his mother's ghost. Like, what? He
0: looks... <laughs> Why is it like that? He's like this little scrawny guy who doesn't quite fit into his clothing. And he's got what looks like... um. Was supposed to be like a gray bowl cut wig that got tattered and like rustled around with a cat for a while, and now it looks like it looks, and that's what's on his human head. It's like
1: he took eighth in an Andy Warhol lookalike contest. Like he's Mm -hmm. his hair has shades of gray I've never seen in the wild. It's so
0: good. Oh man, it's it's so good.
1: Bull cut is, like, too generous, too. Like Well,
0: yeah, it's like a bull did... cut that got into a fight with a cat, though. Like, it definitely yes, has yes. a lot of scraps. And it's got, it's got like, pieces missing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he's got a little smile with some crooked teeth that has... He, you ever met someone where the only way they smile is like they have a secret? Because <laughs> that's how this guy smiles. Like, it's a little, like, creepy side smile where he looks out of the corner of his eye at you and, like, nods knowingly. Mm-hmm applicable to nothing she's making small talk and he's like "Hee hee, yeah you know it
1: and then that's the least creepy part of this scene and the following oh yeah
0: (laughs) and then and so then it cuts to cuba getting jr who's sitting at the end of the bar looking like p diddy back when he was puff daddy in the 90s dressed Like, like
1: samuel L. jackson in the 90s and michael jordan in the 90s had a baby
0: oh my god okay so he's wearing we should break it down he's wearing like a Kanga hat, a velvety Kanga hat, mm-hmm. tiny little sunglasses, like, you right. know, like Do the, cover his eyes. <laughs> yeah, like the little teeny ones that were, like, back in the early 90s. An oversized shirt, and then a big bling that's just a peace sign that looks like someone got it at, like, the dollar tr- store. Sam
1: Goody? Yeah, yeah, like, or, yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, here's a,
0: it's a, it's topic, like a, yeah, it's like a Halloween Spencer's costume. Yes. 90s rapper Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he moseys up and he, he, he offers, what is, I can't remember exactly what he says. He offers to buy
1: her five drinks.
0: No, she, she, uh, she, she forces him. So he comes up, he hits on on Macy Gray, and then Macy Gray says, you should buy me a drink. And he says, what do you want? And she says, I want five drinks. And then (laughs) she says... What about you, Jesse? What do you want? And then the next shot is just a close shot of a man, I think, that we've never seen before who appears to be shirtless and has, like, a Marilyn Manson haircut, or, sorry, a Charles Manson haircut. Who just kind of appears out of nowhere, and he just says, something strong, and then she (laughs) orders something strong, and five (laughs) drinks from the bartender, and the bartender says, something strong, and five drinks coming up.
1: (laughs) It's all like a fucking John Mulaney sketch.
0: It's Uh, so good. The shirtless guy.
1: And then Macy Gray says to Cuba Jr., want to fuck? Yeah. And he says, "We'll take those five drinks to go. <laughs> and and then we move to one of the wildest pieces of set and art direction yeah. I have seen in my entire life. Ugh. I wrote down everything I could find in this apartment. So we yeah. go into Macy Gray's apartment. Yeah. Which is like Pee Wee's Playhouse had a sex dream. She has... Nine discrete types of lamp, including two hanging lamps that look like psychedelic jellyfish. She has two different types of lava lamp. She has a very large lava lamp that's like a tequila sunrise coloration and a very, very small turquoise lava lamp. In addition to the lamps, she has five different sets of candles lit, which means she got there, turned all of her lamps on, and then lit candles all throughout the room She has a bicycle hanging over her mini bar she has a mini bar
0: <laughs> that's so funny i didn't notice that
1: <laughs> she has a chair in the shape of a stiletto yeah i did uh, remember that she has multiple floor-length photographs of uh people in ornate african dress yeah she has an asian sun umbrella she has a sombrero Next next to her two couches, she has a barber's chair. Just like
0: <laughs> you know what it looks like though? Like you would think with all the stuff that you see in the room that it's like this wacky, like weird kind of maybe I don't know, like underground, crazy sort of vibe. It looks like the set from like a Nora Efron movie that got crammed to <laughs> the gills with props from other movies. Like it's a very regular-looking apartment. With like normal, like beige, like wallpaper, and then just so much crazy crap in there. (laughs) It's so
1: awesome. It's like a set dressing Mad Libs. Like they Uh just took whatever they could. Uh, So Cuba murders Macy Gray. And uh, there's a great thing happens in this scene where Cuba murders Macy Gray that he poisons her.
0: Yeah. Why? There's
1: music playing in the background. She dies. And as soon as she dies, the music stops playing, which means I guess the music was like in her head connected to her heartbeat in her head. It was actually uh, like, from
0: her point of view. And then it ceased to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and you enter the scene with her humping a chair and Cuba Gooding Jr. Like yeah. massaging his crotch while moving his legs back and forth like he has an invisible thigh master between them.
0: Uh-huh. And then she's just kind of like, she's doing I don't, what kind of looks like like a middle schooler's idea of a striptease. You know, mm-hmm. like, it mostly looks like a dance routine you perform in front of people, but there's a sexual element to it. It's just really awkward. It's like a, like a little kid thought it up and then Cuba King Jr.'s just kind of rubbing his dick and then he poisons her for some reason. I don't know why he's got to beat around the bush so much. Like, what was... I kind of get why he's got to murder Macy Gray. But why did he have to poison Macy Gray?
1: Yeah. So, Stephen Dorf is having him murder Macy Gray. Because, like, all of his murders are, are Dorff murders.
0: Right? Yeah, they're all Dorff murders. Because he's got to cover his tracks. Because she's probably going to figure out what happened to her friend. But, like, right. whatever. It's just the, the poisoning seemed kind of, like, elaborate and hilarious. It takes a while. She dies painfully. Yes. Just because this movie's an asshole. <laughs>
1: uh, God. And so we're now, uh, suddenly with him and Helen Mirren and Dorf wife and Dorf baby. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're at a realist. They're like looking at real estate mm-hmm. and their real estate agent, Looks and acts, like Edna Turnblad from the original Hairspray. Yeah, like,
0: she has crazy wig. There must have been a clearance sale on crazy wigs. That's <laughs> true. Like, maybe there there's, was like some kind of like fire sale on movie props and crazy wigs, and they just like cleared out a storage unit and put it all into this movie.
1: There's also the wig. So she's wearing an obvious wig, mm-hmm. and then uh, Doris oh, yeah. wife is wearing a wig to disguise herself, and this woman, this fucking real estate agent, walks up to Dorfwife, a stranger, and starts stroking her wig and says, <laughs> "I didn't know you were into wigs. Ma'am, you met her in a wig. Like, you didn't know her before this." I got really You've confused only by her that. In a wig. I
0: thought like, wait, were they supposed to have known each other prior to this scene because the movie really just sets you up to be um like like last to the party. Like Everything that happens, you feel like you should have maybe already known about because it's so bold and baffling. Like this
1: movie, this human what it was doing walking up to ago. A, Yeah, it,
0: has the, it either it either expects you to know everything or it has the memory of a goldfish because yeah, a perfect stranger walks up to another grown woman, strokes her hair, and compliments her on her newfound uh, appreciation for wigs. Person they just met thirty seconds ago. I didn't know you
1: were into wigs. I've this this happens in some movies where like. So, does this happen in real life where somebody talks to a stranger and says, I didn't know you were into this thing? Like, that happens in a Camilla Cabello music. This is, like, a, so it's weird. not about this movie at all. This so is a pet weird. peeve of mine. There's a Camilla Cabello music video called uh, Havana, oh. which is a good music video. I yep. really like it. And uh, Noah fucking, the, the kid from uh, All the Boys of Live Before is in it. And at the uh-huh. end, he, like, runs into her on a bike. And they start dancing. And he's never met her before. And he says, "I didn't know you know how to dance." It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> You've never met her, Noah. This is not a thing you didn't know anything about. Her. How did you know you not know how to dance?
0: Uh, he made a wild assumption, and that's why. That's you know, you gotta yeah. just you gotta give people room to breathe. You can't just assume someone doesn't like wigs and then compliment them on their lovely wig. Yeah, it's
1: so fucking weird. I hate it. Um, right, also, straight sentences.
0: to a. Uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Is the is the the next scene is the fucking dwarf condom dick scene, right? Uh, n-
1: no, we have a couple of scenes still that I also do want to talk about. Mm-hmm. There's almost nothing in this movie I don't want to talk about. I don't like that I watched it, but it, all, it, every inch of it needs unpacking. Yeah, uh, there's
0: a lot. There's a lot of things, like, in between the things.
1: Yeah, so they've moved into this house. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is shaving his face. Uh And Helen Mirren and Dorf wife are like watching Dorf baby stand up. And Helen Mirren starts bossing Cuba Gooding Jr. around. Saying, come out of the bathroom and look at the baby.
0: Wipe your shaving
1: cream off your face. Hug the baby. Hold the baby. Helen, Cuba Gooding Jr. doesn't want to hug the baby. Why are you doing this to him?
0: She wants Uh, him to be baby dad. So bad.
1: And, And then Dorf wife asks Helen Mirren how she became an assassin. And Helen Mirren's explanation is, I'm just going to read it. (laughs) Uh, I wrote it down. It's, uh, so Dorf says, how did you end up, dot, dot, dot. Helen Mirren says, end up like this, what I am. I came to this country as a medical student, wanted to be a doctor for the poor, save lives. Actually, I wanted to save the world. I really believed I could. Uh, I really believed that bullshit. There used to be these underground groups. You know, of people willing to kill for the cause. One day my radical what? brothers managed to blow themselves up. So I managed to lose that little family. So then I met Mikey and Mikey's father, Mikey's Cuban Jr., and I found something else I was willing to kill for. Money. Which, honestly, Helen Mirren, you didn't answer her question at all. No. Uh, you, you came to the country as a... The, the, the be a jump doctor, from and then The you jump just from I was in medical school to I was a terrorist is like... There, Helen, there has to be some stuff in between there. Yeah. Also, what cause, Helen? You didn't say what cause.
0: Oh, you know, the cause. You know when you want to change the world, but you also might want to blow people up, and you also might want to adopt a seven-year-old? That kind of stuff. Just yeah. Just, just <laughs> no no need to fill in those blanks. Just jump from one wildlife event to the next, and then drop those events at someone's feet and say, there's your mm-hmm. answer.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. We. So we're almost... To up door fucking. But there's one more thing that's important to talk about. Which is right after that scene. Mm-hmm. Cuba Gooding Jr. So, uh, Helen Mirren is sitting in her room.
0: Oh. The striptease? Lis-
1: listening to classical music. The Cuba striptease. Gooding Jr. gets home. He turns off the classical music. He turns on Nas. The rapper Nas. Yep. And he does this very long striptease.
0: <laughs> it takes so long.
1: That evolves into... Mutual oral sex, I think.
0: Yeah, it seems uh, like it takes a really long time, and and honestly, the clothes take a very long time to come off his body. Mostly, he is wearing a
1: lot of clothes at the start.
0: And mostly, what he is trying to do is just—it's uh, like a song by Nas too that is all about. um It's like a religious song. I mean, it's a song kind of like about religion a little bit. It says mm-hmm. something like. Oh, it's like if the
1: Virgin Mary had an, virgin abortion, abortion, and... had
0: an abortion over and over and it's over again. It's a good again.
1: song. I listened to that song when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. And it's it's totally inappropriate in this context. And then mm-hmm. he is just kind of like just doing like a little bit of a dad dance and like shimmying his uh, his jacket off. And it takes fucking forever. Forever. <laughs> it takes so long and it's not interesting. It's interesting in that it was a choice. But um, mm-hmm. I'm lying. It's so it is interesting. It was very captivating. Every part of this movie was captivating. I it's hard not to away. look at this movie. It's it's, <laughs> it's a, amazing.
1: It's a grotesque train wreck. So yeah, then we get the dwarf Dick scene, which does have a great line. I want to talk about. But is there anything you want to talk about in the, in the uh, dwarf Dick scene?
0: Yeah, I mean. I just it's another one of those scenes where you can really feel the porn coming through. <laughs> it comes through loud and proud. It's the angle, it's the fact that you're seeing a woman's full breast just like bouncing from a low angle which is uh, feels really disrespectful and like mm-hmm. everything is wet everything sounds wet. Like come on, man. Like I don't even have the volume up on my computer. I took headphones out because it was too much and now I'm still experiencing this on like an auditory level. Yeah, and then he pulls out, and you're looking at his dwarf dwarf dick. I don't think I've ever seen Full Frontal in this manner in a film. And the fact no. that the director really fought for it is uh, entirely more upsetting.
1: Filmed him with a full erection and put it in front of the MPAA. Oh, like,
0: my God. There are censors
1: whose job it was to decide what? if Stephen Dorf's, Dorf's erect dick belonged in this movie by the author of Monsters Ball and the director of Monsters Ball. What
0: was their day like, man? Like, what a day at work.
1: Like, <sighs> you come home and you have a drink. Yeah. Uh, this scene also includes it's just a fucking great piece of writing. Uh, there's a woman, so the people in the hallway, they all get killed. Uh, but before they get killed, there's a woman in a business suit who's asking one of the henchmen, when will I get my money? Mm-hmm. Henchman says, soon. Woman says, define soon. Henchman says, well, soon is a noun. Well,
0: first off, <laughs> first no, off, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, movie, no. <laughs>
1: no, it's, it's an adjective, my dude. Uh, Amazing. Like, I, is that, was it supposed to be? I, I don't think it's knows. supposed
0: to be. I guess the movie isn't funny, and it's not funny on purpose almost at all. So, like, I don't know. It doesn't have a lot of credit or credibility.
1: Yeah. But... Uh, So Dorf, he's annoyed because he's having sex and people are talking. Yeah. And he shoots a bunch of people. And then he calls JGL to come uh, help him out. Because JGL's like Mm. everybody's doctor. And we get another crazy set. JGL, this young doctor's bedroom, includes a four-post bed with (laughs) these gigantic tiger-print bedposts.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, And... And we like get more about Monique having an addiction to crack, which honestly, yeah. movie this it wasn't necessary.
0: No, it, she didn't it really need to have. Really, does not any... advance the plot. No, it was like parts of this movie are like watching either a really intense graphic soap opera or just like a series of little episodes, like a- after-school specials. Like, there's absolutely mm-hmm. no reason that Monique needed to have any other part to her character except to just be a person that like is confusingly with a baby doctor.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's like a middle a nearing office. middle-aged woman
0: who's dating a baby doctor and there's no reason they needed to make her sweaty and addicted to crack cocaine. It bummed me out cuz she was my favorite character at the beginning. I don't know why she was in it, but I was really happy she was in it and then it bummed me the fuck out.
1: She was bringing her A game. Uh So, what did you think of Dorf's little song?
0: Dorf's little song. Remind me what the words. So were
1: he's to shot say. one of his henchmen in the feet. Oh yes. And he says he sings, "Oh Christmas tree, yeah, <laughs> oh Christmas tree, Eddie's foot will be repaired gracefully." I don't. Un... There's no purpose to it.
0: No, it has it's nothing not Christmas. to do with the movie. <laughs> and then you have to watch a scene of like Joseph Gordon-Levitt like s- resetting a guy's bloody foot, which doesn't have a lot of stuff that's just to be gross in the movie for no reason at all
1: and we're about to get to the grossest thing i've ever watched on screen in a
0: movie <sighs> yep uh do you want
1: to, Ma- michelle do you want to do this one or do you want me to do this one i okay so
0: like back, uh, back when i thought this was a fun uh, movie and it was a fun movie don't get me wrong like the movie the worm turns and it isn't a good movie ever, but it is a fun shitty movie with fun shitty writing and inexplicable sex scenes and a bunch of dumb bullshit. And then I don't, I didn't know what I was in for. And Henry texts me, "Have you gotten to the part with Helen Mirren and a red dress in the woods yet?" And I said, "No." And then five minutes later, some shit goes down. <sighs> um, so it opens on. A scene where Helen Mirren and Cuba Gooding Jr. are laying down in the woods, and she's wearing a red dress. And it's a romantic, kind of like picnic embrace, you know? So
1: soft focus. So soft soft focus.
0: focus. The softest focus. Like a Gaussian blur that just takes up the whole screen. Everything's bright and like oversaturated, and it, it looks like a flashback. It is not a flashback. I cannot stress this enough. This happens in this movie in in the plot of this movie mm-hmm. um he makes uh, she
1: makes cuba promise to take care of dwarf wife and dwarf son yes he promises and
0: then he promises
1: <sighs> and <Okay>. then his
0: <sighs> clothes come off of his body and all of his clothes all of his clothes. He becomes she removes no clothes. Completely naked, and she is still wearing a red dress. And he straddles her. In well, first a,
1: he puts his leg outside of her leg, which
0: the, I, yeah, he straddles <laughs> her, and that's confusing. And then, and then they're having. Really gross, like <laughs> really? like hard sex where there's like a lot of Helen Mirren grunting and groaning.
1: There's slapping. There's fucking slapping in it.
0: I can't stress enough how much this movie <laughs> loves to see Koopa Gooding Jr.'s bare naked ass. Like, it's like <laughs> a love song to his... This movie is like a little like a love letter to his bare naked ass. It appears in this scene. It appears in other scenes, but it is the main part of this scene except for the part that's about to happen they have uh, raunchy like pretty hard sex ag- and, like, aggro,
1: sex. aggro hard
0: sex sex which it's helen mirren she's making noises i didn't want to hear helen mirren make in my lifetime and then so the junior has has a flashback in the middle of this thing that looks like a flashback Uh, That is a flashback of him at his father's funeral. No, first his mother's funeral. Oh, sorry. Mother's funeral, of course. Yeah. Because Helen Mirren has been dating his father, which is why she was in his life to begin with. He is like dropping a flower on his mother's grave in this flashback as a seven-year-old boy and looks over and sees young Helen Mirren gazing at him, standing next to his dad, she winks at him at a funeral. At a funeral, seven-year-old boy winks for, at the for his mother. Boy. Yep. Um, and then is it another flashback? And then it, and then it cuts back We're to cutting him, him, back and forth to him We're cutting, cutting back, back and forth, forth to the sex with Helen Mirren, the grunting sex with Helen Mirren, and then it's another <laughs> flashback to a moment where is it? It's it's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s. Dad so he's a little is boy and he's
1: a... crying.
0: He's and crying the... and his dad has a gun.
1: The dad comes into the room. Yeah. And takes. he says, I'll give you something to cry about. And he takes off his belt. And he starts beating young Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. And now we're interspersing. Cuba Gooding Jr. thrusting into Helen Mirren. Yes. While he's being beaten by his father. And I cannot <laughs> stress this enough. It is cutting Back and forth and back and forth between a child (laughs) being beaten and him having sex, hard sex with Helen Mirren. Back and forth and back and forth. And then suddenly there's a gun in Cuba Gooding Jr.'s hands. And now we see somebody shoot his father. And it's Helen Mirren who shot his father. And then fucking, while having sexual intercourse with Helen Mirren, he shoots her in the fucking head.
0: And oh, yeah. Did we forget to mention that she's dying of cancer? No, we didn't. We mentioned oh, that. Oh, we sure
1: did. We the movie <laughs> does not let you forget that. Yeah, the she's been sick this it's, whole time. That's a lot of the thing in the movie. She's it
0: it the speaks to how, how batshit this movie is that we forgot to mention that. She's dying the whole time, so it's like a mercy kill, but it's a mercy bang kill.
1: Yeah. You know, and you it know it ha- that game, mercy bang kill, Michelle?
0: You know that game, mercy bang kill? Uh, <laughs> it's... It's where you think about childhood trauma and then you have sex with a woman who raised you from, from a child. Uh, it, shoot, her, shoot her right in the head with a silence gun. Um.
1: And then he, fully naked, stands uh, up,
0: carries oh her in
1: her red dress, carries away, then still fully naked, buries her.
0: Digs a full giant grave. ditch, big old grave, drops her in it, buries her in the middle of the woods.
1: Still, fully naked, then lies naked. on top of her grave in the rain.
0: And... Gosh. It is, the,
1: it is the most unpleasant thing I have ever watched in a movie. Bar none. I've watched some unpleasant shit in movies. The yep. interspersing, beating a child, and fucking having sex with the woman.
0: Shooting, is... shooting anyone in the face in the middle of sex... Not top of my yeah. list of stuff I thought I no. was going to watch today or that I'd like no. to watch ever, but all no. the flashbacks to a seven year old boy while coitus is happening on screen. Stephen Can we not? Dorf's
1: dick is not the worst part of this movie.
0: Nope. Sure isn't. Sure is not. Um, yeah, that was the most batshit thing I've ever. That was the most unilaterally offensive thing. I can't think of a group that would watch this movie and not be like, I need to call someone about this. Who do I call?
1: It is absolutely extraordinary to me that this was allowed to make its way into a movie. Like, is there a how did this get made about this movie? Because how the fuck did this movie get made?
0: And it like, got made... I could not find the budget for this movie anywhere. I know it only made half a million dollars back. Oh, my God. But oh my I God. couldn't even find... And that was worldwide gross, by the way. Like, after all the dust had settled, that was the maximum amount of money this Did movie Did they bury made it?
1: Because it would make sense if they buried it.
0: I think they kind of buried it. They had to have because they, it had a lot of star power. And, gosh, this movie is just... Oh, my goodness gracious me. Um... Yeah, like... I feel a little
1: sick talking
0: about that. That scene, we should probably move on. But, like, as horrifying as it all is, like, something about having to see that much of his butt while it's all happening, (laughs) just... And his close-up face, like, the porn angle of someone's sweaty face staring, like, just Mm -hmm. barreling the camera as well. Like, I just... So many choices. And why? Ugh... Dude, and then they move to the suburbs.
1: <laughs> dude. Like...
0: Fucking hell. And then, yeah, like, the pretty much the next thing that happens is that we're a little bit ahead in time where he's now playing house sort of with uh, Dwarf Wife and helping yeah. raise this kid. Um, and Dwarf
1: Wife has decided to move to the suburbs to go to college. And did you catch the scene in the college? And, like. Uh, what was the scene in so, college? So she's in a college class. And there's a, a, the professor's saying, like, you'll need, he's, like, trying to explain how people learn. So it seems like it's, like, a class for teachers. Uh Uh-huh. And it's, like, so you have to learn how to get ideas into students' brains. And so they pass around, like, a plastic lunch bag full of brains. And he says, I need you to feel the brains so you'll know how (laughs) brains work. Like, how did you get in here? You're
0: clearly
1: not a college professor.
0: (laughs) You just kind of vibe off of the brain's energy and absorb its power. (laughs) It's a plastic bag, too. Like, this guy definitely, definitely brought this from home. Oh, man. Yeah, (laughs) I can't believe I forgot about that scene shortly after that scene is a different scene which i think is really it's gross like everything else is gross but it is really <laughs> hilarious um so like they're playing house S- <laughs> oh Junior yeah. gets in the shower oh yeah and then Dorflife like kind of walks in on him in the shower she's like standing in like the bedroom and sees his his butt in the shower and it sort of does like that like uh that you know like when you cut to a slightly closer shot but it's not dramatically closer suddenly it's like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a closer shot Mm -hmm. of just his butt and for like a while too because this like i said love letter to cuba gooding jr's (laughs) butt a
1: lot of gooding butt
0: (laughs) and then she is just jacking it and she lifts
1: two fingers on screen she's,
0: she's just jacking off and like with, like, the funniest facial expression... Not funniest, but, like, the fact that she gets so explicit with her facial expressions, and it's just, like, her just, like, hand in her pants, looking at his butt, back and forth, but her face, but her face, and then it, like, kind of snaps you out of what I think was maybe a fantasy, or maybe it was real life, unclear, and then they make eye contact, and that's the end of that scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh... It's that's- really funny. The... Yeah, this movie's so. Oh, oh, fucking oh and funny. like
0: Italian, like Italian music is playing in the background, like music mm-hmm. that you might cook to, <laughs> like a music that your Nona like teaches you how to make uh, lasagna <laughs> to is playing while she's just wanking to his butt crack. It's crazy, maybe there's like a noodle thing movie. going on there,
1: uh, and. And then we get... Butts like, boobies.
0: Boobies and butts.
1: More, more sex. So, like, Monique, we're back with Monique, and she's at the doctor's office where she works, uh, and she hears moaning, and she <laughs> wanders down to see JGL going down on a patient. She barges in, and the patient punches Monique in the face. <laughs>
0: yeah. And she's, like, talking shit to this patient. The patient's laughing, like, ha, ha, ha. Like, she loves it. She loves what's happening right now. It's like, what movie, What world are you guys all occupying where this is just... It's this, happening this, in the doctor's office. She she went to the doctor with the explicit purpose of, uh, of just... Receiving kindlingus. Yeah, receiving kindlingus at Monique. It's like she's doing it at Monique mm-hmm. for
1: sure. Right. It's it's a spite fuck of a person you don't know very well. Uh-huh. It's not your partner. Uh, it's like
0: something you'd see in a dirty soap opera. It's got a real like um uh, I don't know. It's got real like softcore telenovela vibes. Just why why are we getting this window into like a a doctor's life. It has the movie has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to no. do with Monique. But they make sure that you know that he's a dirt bag with a crazy bed, and that she is a crack addicted assistant who gets punched by a patient. Like, just, and then we're out of the scene, and for no reason that needed to happen. Yeah, as a,
1: it's a B plot that nobody needs. Uh, but I guess without it, the movie would be like an hour long, which is still <laughs> too long for this movie. Like it should have been zero <laughs> minutes long. Uh, uh. Then you get. this movie
0: should have just been called the snooty fox at ladies night at the snooty (laughs) fox i would watch okay i'm i'm sorry to keep bringing up ladies night at the snooty fox but did you happen to notice that there were any ladies (laughs) there was only one lady and that lady was macy gray (laughs) <laughs> Is it ladies' night? I don't understand ladies' yes. night.
1: It's lady night. It it's seems lady, like it's, it's 4 it's, o'clock it's at a hotel and bar. And she's the lady.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Fucking hell. Oh. God. Oh,
1: so. Tupac Jr. then dresses up as a drag queen and murders a dad on a work trip while the dad has his <laughs> pants pulled down waiting for anal sex. There is so much more man, butt, and pain in this movie than I expected, or really expect from any movie that I watch as like a regular consumer of movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, was I supposed to know who the guy was that he kills when he's dressed no. in drag for no reason? Very obviously no. as a man, but interacting with this guy as a lady. Like they look at each other and they have a conversation but it's clearly Cooper Getting Jr. just with lipstick on and a, and a bonkers wig. and
1: I, I think that he's like knowingly hiring a, like a, uh, a drag queen. Okay, cool. That's fine. Is the, That's is fine. the setup. Got it. Um,
0: but, yeah, but it's then just he, a random dude, right? Like, I'm not It's just a random right dude. He's guy. not a Got character it. elsewhere cool. in the movie. They're just giving you the, a little window into his work day. Killing yeah, guys.
1: guys. I, I think it's like it's supposed to be what pushes him over the edge because the guy has a child. Like, the guy has a birthday card. From, like for his oh yeah, kid it reminds him.
0: Yeah, it uh, says like on your sixth birthday, and it reminds him of of baby.
1: Yeah, although it's huh, it is a card that's clearly made by a child. That like it seems like it's a, a sixth birthday card from his son to him.
0: <laughs> Wait, does it say on your sixth birthday. Yeah, it's to a kid by a kid. <laughs> This movie's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's
1: just a tradition where kids get their parents' cards for the child's birthday.
0: (laughs) It's not a Father's Day card, is it? It definitely says, on your sixth birthday. This movie, it got me, though, because I forgot. I I became an idiot, too, because I forgot that that's not how kids' birthday cards work. (laughs) Oh, man. And... Uh, yeah, so it, it like uh it just strikes a sentimental chord in Cuba Gooding Jr. because he remembers that he's kind of a dad now. He's become and then, dad to this little little dude.
1: He comes home crying. Yep. He says, I like, kill a little boy's father today and then, he, to little Dorf wife, and then immediately, mm-hmm. based on that information alone, Dorf wife removes her shirt to become naked yeah. and has sex with him, <laughs> yeah. based on just, I murdered a, dude, a kid's father.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. He- Was there like a quota they needed to hit where if you didn't see butts and boobies about every four <laughs> minutes that something was wrong and that- they, There must were they a- have been. Were they just afraid that the audience would walk out at any moment if they didn't like wrangle them back in? Like everybody's just passing through, um, like this movie happened on the side of the road, and you need to just make sure people don't keep, don't let them walk away. More butts and I mean,
1: It's a reasonable fear. Uh, there's there's a lot to push a person out of the theater for this movie, so maybe the butts and movies is what's supposed to keep you there. It, it it's a I good as bet as any.
0: They certainly fought for the integrity of the butts. And also the mm-hmm. movies.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're getting close to the end. It's, yeah. There's so much IMDB to talk about here. Uh, <laughs> Cuba goes out for another job. Uh, he gets. He's always given jobs in a briefcase. He gets the briefcase and it's him and dwarf wife and dwarf son in it. Which like, honestly, movie, seems unnecessarily complicated. Uh, like, why? if you want to kill them, why announce that you want to kill them to the... Hit Mandy usually higher, like yeah. Just, just kill him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not and, smart either. And,
1: and we learn in f- another fucking flashback that Monique has sold out Cuba Gooding Jr. because she's mad at Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh,
0: yes.
1: And, and then Steven Dorf kills Monique and shoots Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the leg. Yeah. And and then they're like at Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dorfwife's Wife's house, and there's a an altercation. One of Cuba Gooding Jr.'s fingers is cut off.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and and Dwarf Son shoots Dorf. Dwarf Son has grown up, by the way. At this <laughs> yeah, point. he's like, like six or like something. nine. Sexy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, they're driving off. Cuba Gooding Jr. says. To Dorfson. you're my son. We'll have to be careful. Oh, yeah. Someday, there may be more people like that. Dorfson <laughs> says, we'll kill them. Hell yeah. Cut to black to a title card that says, yeah. Immediately, in memory of my Uncle Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Uncle Reggie. This is a terrible way to remember you.
0: But, like, he probably was a shitty guy, though. I...
1: Just based on the name? No,
0: I'm Nothing basing else. it on if you if you dedicate <laughs> a movie to a man named Uncle Reggie, and that movie is this movie, like you might just hate your Uncle Reggie. That's I think a fair there, point. there's an there's a pretty fair chance that this was an actual fuck you, Uncle Reggie, but you can't put that on a title card in a movie theater.
1: That is a totally fair point. I mean,
0: I think he hates his uncle. <laughs> I think his uncle is a bad yeah. guy definitely working out some daddy issues in this movie for sure maybe they were uncle issues but there's some shit going on that is yeah
1: or i mean some some stepmom issues there's
0: there's a lot of stuff happening in the old noodle that's getting worked out on screen in upsetting and wildly inappropriate ways yeah lee daniels hey bud (laughs) Hey, what? dude. What are
1: you doing, my dude?
0: My dude, you made this movie, and then you proceeded to make a bunch of pretty decent movies and things after that. So, like, what in the hell happened here?
1: Uh, So, probably unsurprisingly, Michelle, the plot keywords oh. is a fucking nightmare.
0: Disgusting alphabet soup of just, like, fuck words.
1: Oh, God. All right, let's... Let's just go. Let's just go on Get this. Get so there's, si- there's 68 plot words. I'm not going to give you all of them, but I will give you most of them. Male pubic hair is number one. <laughs>
0: no, wait, what? Number one?
1: Number one is male pubic hair. Okay. Two of three found this relevant, which I want a conversation with the one of three <laughs> that didn't. Yeah. Uh, male full frontal nudity. Yes. Yeah. Penis is number three. Mm-hmm. Hairy chest. Bare-chested male. Whoa. Unconventional romance. St- as if to define this, stepmother-stepson relationship. Hit woman pubic hair gun <laughs> murder of a black woman sex scene stepmother stepson sex uh-huh. which is a plot keyword that exists we'll track down what else oh, is under that in a boy. little bit male full rear nudity yeah sex with stepson <laughs> older woman younger oh. man sex yeah. sex with stepmother yep. gangster cancer baby dead woman <laughs> on couch gangster cancer baby
0: would have been a cool plot for this movie <laughs>
1: Kissing while having sex?
0: What ew. That's somehow grosser than all the other stuff you just said because it's the juxtaposition.
1: Woman shot in the forehead, female nudity, cold-blooded killer, uh, oral sex, showdown, shadow boxing. Yes. <laughs> Wait,
0: is it oral sex showdown or oral sex comma showdown? Oral
1: sex comma showdown. <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. Man, Man in a wheelchair, jealous girlfriend, uh-huh. <laughs> flashback within a flashback.
0: Which, uh, yeah. Yes,
1: I think so. I think that does occur. Okay. Uh, finger cut off, childbirth, child abuse. Yes. Yep, Shaving. Yep. Yes. Interracial romance. Yes. Female masturbation. <laughs> crisis. <Yeah. laughs> crisis of consciousness. A crisis of conscience. Child with a gun. Uh-huh. Uh, dying during sex. We're gonna see what else is under <laughs> oh, that as well. Oh my
0: god! Of course, though.
1: Of course, and and then the last one is F rated. Wait, I'm gonna say that again. F, F like like F the as letter as that comes failure. after E and before G rated. Okay. So
0: fuck rated. I
1: is it? It must be fuck rated, right? Fuck
0: rated. Uh, when you want to watch a movie that has fuck.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, the the list of plot keywords, stepmother, stepson sex, is, that's a set of movies I am never going to watch. Uh, the, it's it got to
0: be exclusively porn, right?
1: No, it. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't, it doesn't seem like much of it's porn.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, it is a lot of, Weird-ass movies, though, like Young Mother 3, which I do not believe is porn. It's it's drama romance. Oh. Uh, what the Peeper Saw, which is drama <laughs> horror.
0: Ew. All the names are like, of course that's what this movie is because of what it's called.
1: There's a movie called 40 Shades of Blue, which seems like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're it hoping that somebody knockoff, bought the wrong just... movie. <laughs> yeah. You're just banking on the fact that someone had a vague r- vague memory of what the thing was that was going to be a steamy, scintillating L- SNM film, but instead it's like a Kmart knockoff that is shot for shot, actually just Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. It's the starring worse people.
1: Man, the dying during sex list is a real rogues gallery. <laughs> uh, number one, Basic Instinct, didn't know that. Vanilla huh. Sky, didn't know that. Huh. Uh, oh, no, I did know that about Vanilla Sky. Species? Okay. And then you get a lot of horror. A lot of like, which horror. Makes sense.
0: For sure. Yeah. yeah that there is out. a
1: movie called Donkey Punch that features dying during sex. <laughs> uh, there's an American Pie Presents that includes that, which is, I mean, American Pie is fucked up. Uh, okay. So the F rated movies is, well. So the first one is Eternals, which is a thing I've never heard of. Huh. The second one is the uh, the hit NBC comedy Friends.
0: <laughs> I rated F for friendship.
1: I I guess. Uh, yo, I don't know what this is supposed to mean because like, <laughs> fucking Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four is on this list. Nomad Lands on this list. What? Gilmore Girls is on this list. Buffy's on this list. <laughs> Men in Black Internationals on this list. Juno's on this list. What is F rated?
0: Interesting. I've never fucking heard F rated in my life. I don't know what that is.
1: What does it mean, like IMDb? It. But it's like it's enough that there's like thousands of titles. There's
0: yeah, it's not like a typo. Thousand
1: F rated titles.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a real spectrum of popular things, though, like stuff I've heard of.
1: Yeah, that's 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 an F rating for you.
0: Muy Interessante. You know what? Why is this movie called the Shadow Boxer?
1: He's shadowboxing because he's shadow all the time. It is unrelated to anything else in the movie.
0: It's sort of like um, what what is it like? It's like it's like one of those if you're watching some kind of like sketch comedy show, and then there's maybe like a little interstitial thing that ties it all together, like a <laughs> that's just just kind of like it's almost like a a film screensaver, like. <laughs> when you used to watch the alley G show. And in between each sketch, it's just like those girls dancing in like velour tracksuits on the roof of a building. <laughs> but it's like that with just Cuba Gooding Jr. shadow boxing alone in a room. He never shadow boxes in the movie. And it doesn't matter that he knows how to box whatsoever. It's just a chance for him to be looking strong and in the dark. And like, <laughs> that's it. And it's called the shadow boxer.
1: Yeah, it's. I. I frankly, it kind of
0: got overlooked. It's one of the dumbest things about this movie.
1: Yeah, I don't... I don't understand anything about this movie. Like, the... Well, one, the fact that it was able to happen. The fact that he, like... So...
0: The, Cuba Gooding <laughs> Jr. This movie breaks your brain.
1: It's like... The the saddest thing in the world has happened to Cuba Gooding Jr. And the movie, like a number of the saddest things in the world have happened to him. And the movie never really seems to care. Like it's about that. But at no point does the movie seem to appreciate how fucked up the situation is.
0: No, because it doesn't really seem like he's got any depth to his character at all like and he's got he's got these flashbacks but they just sort of happen and then the movie moves on and then he eventually just <laughs> does the thing that he does at the end
1: and helen mirren is treated as like heroic to sympathetic like at yeah. worst tragic but like at no point is the movie like hey helen mirren uh you you're dating the son that you raised
0: no, it's like a quirky backstory. Like, oh, these guys—it's like a real Harold and Maude situation, but uh, but with assassins. Moving like, on.
1: Yeah, but like you potty trained him, right? Like, yeah. Uh, oh
0: yeah, like is... she definitely taught that kid long division, and then she banged him once it was uh, legally possible.
1: Or probably not.
0: Probably sooner, judging by the way this movie tends to be.
1: This is a. It's a really.
0: Oh my god what are yeah. the What are the parent guide Is there I mean I assume it's buckwild I mean yo
1: yeah there's there's parent guidelines uh, they Are are they fun
0: or just disgusting? It's,
1: uh, I mean they're pretty rough uh,
0: Yeah, they're the things that rough. you're forced to describe if you're describing the worst parts of this movie like we just did it it didn't make me happy to do it.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, it's stuff we've covered. A man has sex with a woman from behind. At one point, the man completely withdraws, and his condom-covered penis is fully visible. The God, woman's that breasts are also fully sucked. visible. A man is aimlessly raped with a pool cue. Man. A woman masturbates while watching a man take a shower. A man is naked for an extended period of time, and his bare buttocks repeatedly shown. Yeah. A man and a woman dance seductively with each other, which is really funny to include in this. A man, <laughs> a man has sex with a woman in a meadow. A man performs oral sex <laughs> on a female character. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: It, um, it covers the the worst scene that's ever been put on screen. Yeah. Uh, pretty accurately, I yeah. would say. Yeah. I'm not gonna read it again because I don't want to think about
0: nah, it. Yeah, we we really got in there. I think we dealt with it. Um, Palette cleanser just. Let's not forget that while Steven Dorff is an adult man talking to his henchmen, drinking a glass of milk, <laughs> opera music is indeed playing in the background. He is listening to uh. opera music. Everything about this movie up until the part where it gets bad is really good. It's pretty fun. Uh, it's like, if you want to watch two movies, watch a really funny bad movie for about 50 minutes and then watch a really awful, disgusting movie for 40... Or just don't watch the awful, disgusting movie that yeah, happens just, for just leave it, another 50 minutes. Just leave it
1: in the fucking DVD player. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, the The tagline for this movie is feeling protected is very seductive, which is a line It's a
0: line from the movie that like, doesn't really mean anything. I mean... It's... it's a,
1: it's also not really related to the movie. Like, it's a little bit related no, to the no movie? No.
0: It's like a, th- a throwaway line that Dorf Wife says because she's explaining why she loves her creepy Dorf husband and why it's okay that Stephen Dorf is evil, but she loves him. Um, this like, is unrelated to this movie, but did you know that Stephen Dorf was up for the part, uh, the lead role in Titanic against Leonardo DiCaprio and that he lost it to Leo? Can you imagine?
1: Wow. Can
0: you how different wow. his life would be and how much worse that movie would be. I,
1: listen, I'm on, I'm on team Dorf. I like Steven Dorf. God he's really though. good in True Detective season three. Like, oh, I, yeah, didn't I mean, see that. he's, I will say he is not great in this, but nobody's great in
0: this. Nobody's good in this movie. Yet yeah, Dorf's
1: career has been strange.
0: It's been not the best, but you know, no. you know, it. It's just it's. There might have been a turning point where things could have gone a little better, and instead they went a little more down this road. Yeah, I mean. But like, I Dorf mean, this movie probably, almost exclusively features good actors, so you know, it's, it's not a it's not it's a true. scathing indictment of his talents as an actor. It's more just like, ooh, sucks to be you. It'd be and a, I have seen it. Be a news.
1: weird ter- yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but less of it than I might have. Uh, yeah, and it's somebody.
0: It was in Hollywood,
1: has to... yeah, God, this.
0: Um, I, I'm, I'm like afraid to ask because because this movie's so disgusting. But if you had to be a character Oof. in this film, <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I mean, oh God, pr- probably the bartender.
0: Dude, I was gonna pick the bartender. <laughs> <laughs>
1: because I he's want the only him. one who gets off scot-free you know yeah everything turns out okay for him i need
0: to know everything about ladies night at the snooty fox and i only got like a couple close-up shots of random men who attend ladies night at the snooty fox i need to know everything there's to know about that particular establishment and he doesn't get murdered it's... which i can't say for almost anyone else in this film there's just a lot of yeah he... a lot of murdery murder boys going on here he
1: comes out of it with. All of his fingers. And yeah, yeah he's... Oh, and we could like find out what's
0: underneath that cool, cool wig. So a lot of that's mysteries right. would get solved. Yeah. Do
1: we think it's a wig? We don't think that's his real hair?
0: I don't know. Why? I don't know. It's a really interesting choice either way. Why would you put that wig on somebody? Why would you put that man in this movie? He's a scary man to look at. So is the other guy that's at the bar. Those guys are just there. And the bar's not a dive bar. It's weird, gross guys in a... Like, a, it's like the Roosevelt Room or something. It's really confusing.
1: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're yeah, not I love wrong. it.
0: I really love it. Uh, so that's where I want to live. I want to live in that bar because that bar is a different movie, and that movie is whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> what a ride. What a gross thing we just watched. But also, like, what a not boring thing we just watched.
1: I'll I'll give you that.
0: It's the worst thing. But hey.
1: Yeah, this, this is the worst. This is the worst movie we've watched. I, you know, hats off to Highway for finally no longer being our low watermark.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, this, this movie, um, uh, I mean, I like weirdly recommend like the first half hour of it because it's pretty funny.
1: I can't. I can't, in good conscience, tell anybody to come anywhere near this movie because there's a chance they'll keep watching Yeah, it that's, that's, they'll yeah, have to go through chance. the thing that we've gone through.
0: Yeah, don't do that. It's, it's upsetting. Ugh, uh, it's upsetting. It's just to hear about secondhand. It's really upsetting to have to work through and witness firsthand. And, and other people had to do those things in that movie. And those people should be taking a shower uh, under skates boiling hot water for the rest of their lives.
1: Yeah, fucking.
0: That's why Helen like, Mirren stays looking so young because she's scrubbing all of her skin off every day for her whole <laughs> life after the year 2005 acid when this movie came out. exfoliation, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. secrets, Hollywood secret. Work with Lee Daniels once in 2005 and just try to wash away the sadness.
1: This didn't follow Lee Daniels is remarkable. Yeah, like, like his career just... is
0: on fire. So good. He's allowed He's doing to keep great. doing stuff. Yeah, he made something this year. Like it was good. I don't know. Just what a what a wild trajectory. And then this movie got raked over the coals so hard too. It got like seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is definitely not low enough. But I have to imagine that's, not enough that's people. Frankly, so
1: high. way too high.
0: You know, like I think enough people probably just didn't see it to rate it worse. And then like one one person gave it a hundo because they were a psychopath. And that just skewed everything.
1: So it was only released in New York, L.A., D.C., Baltimore, Philly, and Richmond, Virginia. I'm really curious, like, everything about the back end of this movie. Yeah. Because we get enough of the back end in this movie. I just want to know, like...
0: It seems like it got buried based on the trailer I was able to track down on YouTube. It's like, the only trailer... I couldn't find an official trailer... From this production company it wasn't the studios trailer it was like a user uploaded trailer that was ripped off of tv that has an advertisement for the dvd at the end of it so it was like a very grassrootsy effort to uh, put the good word out about shadow boxer <laughs> clearly God. words were said and this was eliminated from from people's um Hope, I feel like a lot of people would like the stripped from their filmography, but because they couldn't do that, they at least tried to discourage anyone from finding it. It's on Amazon, though. You can just rent it.
1: Yeah, it just it's costs four find. American dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely did have to, pay, have to pay money that I earned to watch this thing.
1: It's... I'm shocked that they allow... Like, fucking Head in the Clouds is buried, but this movie is, like, purchasable right. now. Yeah, Heaven the Clouds is not good, but like, it's not grotesque. No,
0: it's just a shitty movie with bad themes and bad characters. But like, it doesn't make your skin want to leave your body. <sighs> yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Oh like you boy. Drown
1: yourself. Uh. Yeah. Well.
0: Well, uh, I'm off to go have this... five drinks to go. <laughs> 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 and something strong. strong. And something strong. I appreciate, before we wrap, the, um I like the carelessness and uh, just throwing caution to the wind to just tell a bartender to make you five drinks. <laughs> <a> dealer's <laughs> choice. It's a... I, I like the amount of trust she's put in this incredibly sketchy bartender. And that is, like, what's going to carry me through this evening. And that's what's going to make my night not suck is just thinking about her and that and him.
1: Yeah, and while you do that, until next time, yeah. I'll be Henry.
0: I'll still be Michelle.
1: Just experiment and fast forward <laughs> to the future of acting.